I'm Joshua Patterson, and this is the Service Please Snack. Obviously, you've hinted that there is that expansion going into yeah. other European cities and things like that, and from, obviously, the London-based user. And I'm correct in saying that you are now moving into a paid-by-service, so instead of just mm -hmm. a free app for London, obviously, yeah. you can go. So run me through just how that go goes about and stuff like that, really. Slightly contentious, because... It doesn't really make sense that London is free. It does at the moment because London's our use base. It's where we're growing and I built it for Londoners and we want that growth here. So London is free. We then, the reason why it's funny is because if, it doesn't really make sense if you're in Paris, you have to pay for Paris but not London. But because of our model, it does make more sense. We're only targeting marketing in London right now. So as a Londoner though, if you do want to go away, so, at the, I mean, we're scaling up. So we've got Paris, Lisbon, Berlin now, Barcelona, Amsterdam, probably Rome by the end of the year. You basically pay for premium. So it's an annual or monthly subscription in your normal way that we're all used to. And you're paying to access those cities and for perks that we've built out across London as well. And soon to be our restaurant launches. So we partner with a lot of restaurants to launch them exclusively to our user base. Because they've been so popular, we're also going to move that into premium. So our premium members will get 24 hour access. Um, it's been pretty successful. We're actually over, I set a target for when we released it. We released it in July. Um, I think we're now over 400 subscribers, which was more than I thought. Um, and we haven't had one day without a premium subscriber yet since we launched it. So like this weekend we had 10 premium subscribers and then, but every single day there's been at least one, which is powerful because it's, it's a model that I needed to prove to myself in that I set out to investors that I thought we're a subscription generation, it's never been done before and that's how I see it working is this model. So it's a bit of a proof to myself and we had to prove is it going to work or not. And so far so good it is. It is working and now it's how many cities can we get up because the perks are great. It is really cool that you can go into 60 of the best restaurants in London and get a complimentary side dish cocktail dessert. And again it's very one zone in that I said to those brands, I want that perk to be unique to you. It shouldn't just be a glass of champagne. It should be something relevant to your brand that is unique, that's exciting to come in. Um, and I've used them multiple times and it is really fun, but I think the draw, a lot of people do love that because I think one of my friends was like, all of the perks are over four pounds. So if I have one a month, I've got my money back. And most of them are like a cocktail, so it's 18 pounds back immediately. But I think a lot of the draw is those new cities. If you're going to Paris and you land tomorrow, what on earth are you going? And this is like your answer. And I'd be intrigued, you might, not, you might not know yet, is actually the journey of getting people from that unpaid service then to getting them on. Like, yeah, I, we don't know that hook. You know when LinkedIn said, I think it was like if you followed five friends, you would suddenly be like a LinkedIn person. No idea. We're, we only launched it a month and a half ago and we're not at that data level where we can tell that. Um, that is like my next part is, are they, is it that you're traveling? Is it that you've used it four times and you love it? We don't know quite yet what that sticking point is. Yeah. Hopefully one day I will. Be really useful to know. Um, and also, I didn't think that it sounded completely and utterly crazy that yeah. it's free in London and stuff like that. Okay. I guess it, no. I think I think it makes complete and utter sense because it, it does. Got, it does. You hear it from me, but I can understand that if you're in another city and you're like, why is London free? It it makes sense when you know it from me and you know it as a London company. But I think if you're downloading it in Lisbon, it's a bit like. But you realistically, I don't think you should be. We're not targeting no. any of those cities. Our marketing is all London. So I, I assume that most people who are downloading it for Lisbon is a Londoner going there. Mm. 
And I'm sure there will be a way in the future, or if there is now, to like almost like understand someone's proxy, so yeah, someone's yeah, exactly. initial location. So, so yeah, exactly. So it's like if your home city is Paris, and then you're coming to London, you're paying for the ability to have London exactly. and vice versa. And I mean, it would like either that. be that, or it'll get to a point where look, the whole app could be paid for. We don't. I don't know what that really looks like. This year was for me was about. Year one, and I think this comes back to like knowing your fundraisers, year one was, do we have product market fit? We grew it in six months to 50,000 downloads, and it was like 30,000 monthly active subscribers, at which point I raised my funding round because we hit our targets so quickly. And now for me, this year was about looking at monetization, looking at it as a business, like taking it from that idea, that concept, and going, right, how is this going to work as a business? And like, how does it make money? That is like a... I think once you de-glamorize all of the startup world, that's what investors come down to is like, how are you making money? Is this going to work or not? And that, when they say, is it going to work? It's, is it going to make money? Because otherwise it's just a nice idea and not a business. And you're in a tougher crowd, anyone watching this who's in Europe, because American investors look at growth in a very different way to Europe. In Europe, it is about how quickly you're going to make revenue. And in America, it's get hundreds of thousands of users and at some point it will turn into revenue. Mm. And I think in this landscape over in Europe is much harder and the pressure is on to make money from my experience. Yeah, I can imagine very quickly. Mm. It sounds like you're on the right trajectory though. Yeah, I, th I mean, you'd hope so. But again, like, you know, when you're looking at VC level businesses and fundraisers, you need to be 10x. You know, they, they need mm. to see a story that is going to return 100x of their money. And that's it's a challenge. So it might be like, yeah, it's nice, but it's like, is it going to work at mass scale? But yes, that, that's the aim. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah, but it, it is working so far. I can't, no, I can't complain. We work very hard to get it to where we want it to be. You're solving a problem. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, um, and even some businesses are able to operate and actually turn a profit. But I think when you're looking at the kind of size and the ambition mm. in which you want to achieve, it's mm. actually being a complete and utter disruptor to all of the other things, or completely innovating to things that are already available. Yeah. Um, and it does feel that what is happening at this moment in time within the One Zone app is something in which like, someone will go on and be like, this is completely different and easier than anything I've ever had mm. to use before. I trust it because I, I so. recognise the restaurants and things like that, so why would I not continue to use it? It's interesting, what you've just said is exactly what happens. Because see, people say to me, why should I trust it? And I'm like, it's, I don't answer that question. People answer for them because they'll go on and they'll see places they've been to and go, oh, okay, and they answer it for themselves. So it's actually better when people don't ask me because it doesn't really work like that. I, I also set out when I first started this, I was like, it needs to organically... If, if I haven't solved a problem, people won't tell their friends about it. So I was like, I, we spent 10 grand on marketing last year, like zero, it was nothing. And we hit 100,000 downloads with that amount of money, which is kind of abnormal. And that was purely word of mouth. And that, to me, was the answer. I'm like, then something's working. Because you, if you're telling your friends, that's the virality you need. Because otherwise, there's no amount of marketing and money. If, if people don't like your product, mm. it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. It's not going to work. I hope you enjoyed this Service Please snack from the full meal. I have a final favour if you wouldn't mind helping me out. Could you interact with this channel in any way which feels best for you? That could either be by subscribing, liking, or even commenting an idea for future episodes and topics you'd like to hear spoken about. This will help amplify the voice of the hospitality and wider food industry, enabling more people to understand the innovations and daily struggles of one of the most dynamic sectors, and of course, the tastiest. I'm Joshua Patterson, and that was Service Please.